You've got to tell us. Rupees. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, sorry I had to pop out, but I've been welding all day and it's quite hot down here at the moment. And I've been, I've been chugging water like nothing else. And I've just had the biggest pee ever. It was huge. Anyway, that's the side's point. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I could just tell you there's nothing wrong with prostate. Are you going to keep that in the podcast? Uh, that, there's those meaningful you, you always pick out our bits, and now we can, you know, I'm going to edit this one and put that one first. Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast with Berenice Smith from Walking Our Shoes, Sarah Lawrence from After the Storm, and me, Michael Hughes from Married and Childless. Now, welcome to our alternative King and Queen speech. It's our way of wrapping up the year and giving hope to those that find this time of year difficult. Our guests are our great friend Andy Harrod, World Childless Week founder, the gorgeous Stephanie Phillips, and the fellow Aussie, the delightful Sarah Roberts from The Empty Cradle. And we have a special message from our gracious stateswoman, Jodie Day. Sarah Roberts says, The podcast is like a group of friends having a drink at the pub. And I think we were there till closing. This is a long one. But we think you'll understand why. Today we have Andy Harrod, our regular guest, Andy Harrod, and another Aussie, Sarah Roberts, and the gorgeous Stephanie Phillips. It's a highlight in a really, really, really frustrating and difficult year. Um, I don't think we can start this podcast episode without kind of... Uh, <laughs> is it, I was thinking this morning that there was something I read on, on um, Twitter and it was about um, words that go into our lexicon. So I don't know you guys, but this time last year, I don't think I'd ever heard of the word COVID-19. Or I didn't really mention the word pandemic at any regular point in my daily life um when we recorded this so it's it's odd sitting here and thinking about how 2020 has been um really really strange year we we can't sort of not mention it because it's affected the podcast and it's affected everybody and i'm sure it's affected all of our listeners as well and it affected our birthday party didn't it yeah. i was looking forward to that as well i had it planned one of my events during the year was to come to London and get to see you guys again because it feels like such a long time. <laughs> but what I would say is the one good thing or bizarrely weird good thing of COVID is we can still meet like this. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, we're across the world in different places, but we can still meet. And I think that's the one thing. Zoom, everybody knows Zoom now. Even though we all probably knew it before, everybody knows what Zoom and some people have over, you know, they're exhausted of hearing the word Zoom. That's it it's another us, word, isn't it? Yeah, it gives us that freedom to still connect and that's incredibly important. Yeah, it's interesting because I think I, I was thinking about this in terms of, of my, my business and how I've been to more events in the pandemic than I did before it because I can simply sit here and do that. I, I miss people, but I miss talking to people in person and that physical contact of just, you know, giving somebody a hug is really, really tough. But actually connecting with people, I've probably connected more than I did before. Yeah, interesting highlight it's a bit it's one of those things isn't it i suppose that you have to take those small crumbs of comfort i think but yeah i i think we we were so looking forward to meeting up and actually getting some proper kind of 
actually just getting some photographs of the three of us in the same room and Sarah to actually meet Michael in person for the first time because they haven't met each other in person yet. No, that's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Meeting somebody but not having met somebody. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be weird. But I, I suppose for me it's going to be, I mean, Zoom's great. I am a bit Zoomed out, but I, I was sort of talking about yesterday I met up with friends on Zoom. And it's going to be weird going back to seeing people in person where you're not talking one at a time. <laughs> you're going to be able to have, you know, synchronous conversations going on in a group of people rather than we all talk one at a time. That's something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been a bizarre year. You try, you're trying hard not to focus on the, I guess, the shitness of it all really, isn't it? And trying mm. to pull out the positives. But yeah, I think you have to dig a bit deeper yeah yeah i think so it's it's I, I think when we looked at way back in oh when was it april or may and we were looking at how we were going to reposition the podcast and and looking at all the episodes and all the things that we had planned and how much that's changed because we do we do the listeners may not know this but we, we do have a plan <laughs> we, we <laughs> We have a very busy Trello board and we mark on there all the episodes and we, we mark out what we're doing and, and look for guests and we put everyone that emails us about wanting to be a guest goes into our, and our magic Trello board and we, we have to work through things. So we had a plan for the year, you know, the birthday party and then all the things that we were going to be doing and we just had to change the whole thing around in order to accommodate, um, accommodate the world really around us and it's been a very rapidly changing world but equally at the same time we've covered more than I think we probably ever anticipated that we would do um, and I'm thinking of some of the episodes that we had with with Yvonne around um, Black Lives Matter which was an incredible episode probably most fav my, my favourite one I think that we've done in terms of learning about everything and of course with Victoria and Mariel as well so we've, we've done an awful lot that we didn't expect to do um, and tapping with Rosalind as well that was good too. We've covered more than probably we thought we did. So we've always been learning. I think we've been the opportunity, perhaps the space to learn a bit more as well without doing that thing that they do on, on LinkedIn, which I've seen a lot, you know, my, my amazing ace morning when someone kind of gets up and they've kind of conquered the world by nine o'clock or something like that. We'd be <laughs> just, I'll piss off. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do in my amazing power morning. Um, and all those things and there's weird kind of other words that have popped up all about you know around kind of what people are achieving and I can't remember any now but I've seen a few of them around and you just think oh for god's sake stop making up words although um, yeah I think we're, we're, we're led by people that, that make up some interesting words but there you go move on <laughs> someone save me before I start ranting <laughs> Steph what was it like doing World Childless Week this year because obviously that would have been totally different to be honest, for me, I don't think it was. <laughs> because last year I wasn't here because of being ill. But it was oh, yeah. brilliant to get back into it this year. And to see that there were even more new faces coming forward. And the people, what I got a really good sense of this year was people saying, when I first did World Childless Week in 2017, I was anonymous. And there were a lot more people this year going, I want my name on it. Just, not just my first name, but my surname. I'm happy to be out there. And one of the things I said was that perhaps we look backwards and we're healing because we look at what we've done rather than where we're going. 
and people have actually been saying that to me now and it's like really good to see it coming that full circle they've gone from that embarrassed shy state of wanting to be you know just hid away to saying no i'm out there i'm childless i'm proud to be there i am me you know i'm owning it as michael would say you know and that's been great and as i say it, it's all done through emails and stuff so the communication is still there and really strong and building and i get people come back i think i know that name i know that person and I, it sounds bizarre but i try my best to not take in the information too much because if people want to be anonymous i sort of let that slip through my mind as well so i don't automatically remember names to articles but then you sort of get people coming back and you can tell that they've changed in a really good positive way and when like you say world child speak i actually thought should it go ahead this year because of a pandemic because of covid is it right to concentrate on just us when there's so much else going on in the world and then i thought hang on a minute we hide away so often why shouldn't we be out there and out front because nobody else is going on not here anymore everybody else is still shouting and talking about what's important to them particularly parents during covid that's obviously seeing a huge increase everywhere you look and i thought no damn right we need to be here we need to actually say we're here and to include the one day as well to sort of say how you've coped as a childless person during a pandemic of being locked away, I think was really important because so many people felt like parents had a reason to be stressed and tired, classic tired, and every other negative reason with having children, but they automatically assumed we were living it up and having champagne for breakfast and sleeping in late. And I'm not saying we weren't, but hey, some of us anyway, I don't like champagne, but it meant that we had, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who can't see, I can see Berenice going, me neither, me neither, it's making me giggle. Which is what, again, we're all about in this community, is communicating, sometimes, silently, but together, and we're united. But yeah, it gave, World Trans Week gave people the chance to say how they felt over this summer. And that's what we need to do. Like the podcast, we give people the choice. You were saying you did a couple of sessions you didn't see coming, but how amazing were those sessions and enlightening to all of us to hear and we needed that and we still need that and I think yes again there's so many negatives about what's happened this year but the positives are we're rediscovering new elements of us and investigating these areas that we didn't know within us or around us or surrounding us or within others so again we're embracing communication in a different way and like I said World Child Week is one way that we do it but there are so many others that you know we can explore as well do you think that we are, as a community, um, perhaps almost in a better place because of things like World Child this week? And again, a question perhaps also to you, Andy, and to Sarah as well, that the work that you're doing, because we are so, we, we often as a community find it difficult to communicate, that when we're given that space, perhaps because of the pandemic, because of World Travel Week, because of the empty cradle, because of the work that you're doing as well, Andy, that actually we sometimes have that hidden strength somewhere. I think we do. We just don't realise it's there. Mm. We don't realise that when we're posting something anonymously, that we're scared and that you sort of say, please don't put my name up, please don't. And you, you know, and somebody writes to me three times and said, please make sure my name is not on there they don't realise how strong they are just to put their pen to paper. Mm. 
it's a hidden strength that we've all got it we just don't know it so i've always said about the podcast that even if you just listen to one minute go on the website it's the same you know, i mean we've talked about it with world childless week as well that just literally just going into the website or just reading something is a contribution that means so much to us on the podcast to you to all of us in the community who do these different things but i think it's also a demonstration of that hidden strength that that our community has that perhaps we've had to dig a bit deeper to to find in this year that maybe it's just a different way of reframing the situation that we're in. I lack Sarah's wise words on counselling here, so I'm sure Sarah's got a better way of phrasing all of this, but it's just finding that inner something that we, we have that perhaps maybe, maybe actually it's, it's something I thought way back in, in March when we were under the lockdown lockdown was actually I coped okay and I've generally been coping okay because actually what I've been through before has been that painful that other things by comparison it, it almost it's just a, a, another you know, crap thing that's happening that you know goes with all the other crap things but actually the tools I've had through the community through friends through Jodie through Gateway Women through all of the different things that other people are doing means that actually I've got a little bit more resilience than I thought I had and I just wondered if that is true perhaps of, of, of other people as well that we do have some resilience here and that came out I think in perhaps World Child this week as well it certainly was very very busy and very very active. Yeah like you say I think it gives people that it's an opportunity to be themselves and not be looked at in their minds the wrong way. Because it doesn't mean just because we're speaking out doesn't mean to say that people are judging us, but we often think people are judging us. And the fact we can speak out in a community where we know the mass audience there are in the same sort of boat, that they do understand where we're coming from and the anger that we might be expressing or the happiness we found when we've gone through that grief. We know they understand, so it gives us that freedom. Yeah, so I'm sort of forgetting my train of thought there. But yeah, I do think, like you say, it's really important that we've got those different options to express ourselves in different ways. And like you say, for some, it's through the singing with Helen or it's through the, the, the art with Helen, <laughs> two Helens. But it's finding different ways to express ourselves and get those emotions out. And whether we just connect with the audience of the child's community, whether we connect sometimes with the child for your parents, or whether we, more importantly, just connect with ourselves and actually look at our own emotions and sort of try and not even understand them, but just accept they're there. And we don't know necessarily why they're there, but they're there and we're allowed to put them through words, through art, through voice, we're allowed to use them. And if they say, oh, you know, we're doing that now, then it shows that we were once where they are now perhaps, but we've all changed and they can change too. And they might not ever believe they're gonna, it's gonna happen for the vast majority it will, and for the vast majority, I certainly hope it does. Yeah, and look, I'd like to add to that. Um, I guess I just wanted to start by saying thank you so much, Michael, Sarah, and Berenice for, for creating this incredible space for our community and inviting us, us in. So it's Sarah here from The Empty Cradle, and um, I, I reflect on your podcast and it feels to me like um, it feels like having a pub, a beer at the pub with really good mates. And so I think what you're doing 
really goes to the heart of our experience, which is very much about the experience of shame. And shame has that thing where you feel like you're sitting in a dark tunnel by yourself. And what you do is you shine light onto it and onto that experience. And as each of us gathers our voice and steps forward and tells our story, more and more of us are actually just step into the light and able to, to claim and talk to our experience. And I think the flip side of that experience is where it's not seen is that we are forced to actually um, renegotiate in a way our relationship with ourselves and, and to look at, um, you know, what are the skills that we need to actually get through this, you know, essentially it's a really life altering grieving experience. And, um, you know, I think it, it, when you learn the skills to navigate that, to be present to your feelings, to companion your own grief, it fundamentally transforms who you are in the world. And I, I think that, that that's the essence of the journey of transition that we go through. So people talk about this idea of transition to, um, to parenthood and this is our transition journey and the person that we are coming out of this journey or, or through this journey is altered. It's, it, you know, we've, in many ways we're quite altered. And, and I would agree with you, um, Berenice, that, that that then puts us in a place where other adversity happens in our life and we, we actually have the skills to navigate difficult journeys and dark places. And, and the other thing that we do is, and I was, I was thinking about this around, around Christmas, I guess, is that I went through some really, really tough Christmases and felt so invisible in my grief unseen and, and um, you know, where people weren't able to hold the space or even inquire into how, how I was journeying around the transition to childlessness and just not understanding it at a really fundamental level, just how big that was as a personal journey. And I guess part of my grief was, was grieving what I needed in terms of support from the people around me. But I guess what it also meant was that in a way they, through that process actually, um, almost like censored themselves out or excluded them from the intimate space in my life and actually meant that, that they, that I needed to actually move them a little bit further out because they weren't, they weren't people who were willing to be in that emotional space um, to hold that journey. Um, and at the same time, other people who were willing to come in and, and listen. And I really noticed that it was, it was others who'd been through the journey and how critically important it is to connect with others who've walked the same path. And, um, you know, it's the work that you do, the work that Steph does through World Childlessness Week that, that really illuminates and, and, you know, allows us to feel a sense of normalcy and pride and, and able to go, yeah, you know, we are strong. Thank you so much, Sarah. That's just such lovely words. And it's such interesting to hear you reflect on that. One thing that, that popped up in my head as you were talking was how perhaps I wonder whether this whole situation that we have is almost like a, a leveller that, in that our, our grief, get my words right, try and think what I'm thinking, get it out, because it was just there in my head and I'm losing the train of thought. But I've often, this year is our first Christmas at home in about six, seven years. 
and normally we run away I, I run away from Christmas and this year I've decided to stay here and ironically probably won't see anyone but it occurred to me that you know kind of facing up to to grief and and how it's changed me and what's I've thought recently is that that our grief is lifelong you know we we keep going with our grief it's it never leaves us and I think other people's other sorts of grief perhaps that people who are not in our community perhaps experience can be periodic you know we will remember and reflect the passing of somebody or the passing of a situation or a, a memory and in a way because perhaps this pandemic has been constant and at the time of recording this in the UK in lockdown we're kind of back where we started from in March um, that it's a constant grief so we're all feeling this weight of of the grief of of a changed life of a change we, we can't go out anymore we can't do the things that we used to do this time last year we can't do the Christmas that we had last year and I wonder whether perhaps for some of us actually that's actually a bit of a relief it's like we get a bit of a break from it you know we can perhaps own a little bit more of of the celebrations or the the activities that we may have had during December or at least be able to sort of perhaps find a leveler where we're all experiencing some form of grief just ours is a little bit different and tinged by perhaps something else um and maybe we balance it maybe it's just balancing the scales i'm randomly talking here i'm going to stop now andy how's your how are you've been how are you going to cope this christmas and how are you feeling um, i was just listening fascinated by steph and sarah and yourself in terms of just reflecting on the year and it echoes a lot of i think my own journey and sort of how i've become part of the childless community which was through World Childless Week submitted 18, 2018, submitted the story that um, Steph put up and then sort of think I met Sarah through Twitter and then there's the full stop and more Facebook support groups of Steph, the world, the Childless Exceptions one and that. And then, and I did all, I was doing all that while the world was sort of normal, which as we found out, that normal necessarily wasn't good for us. Um, and it was sort of very slow and piecemeal and then I started a PhD because I thought that would be a nice counterbalance to doing therapy um, it turns out it's probably the harder work <laughs> but um, and it was during that that I sort of thought hmm, something isn't still quite right I've left the job I didn't really get a lot of meaning from was doing something else alongside the therapy to pay mortgages etc life is like that and it was sort of waking up in the phd that this could be so much more made me look at myself again with a grief to sort of think where am i with it because pre the phd i, I did little bits but nowhere near as much work as my wife did but in, in a sense she sort of was a light because it's sort of so I could see the, the how the work she'd done, the time she took for herself, the changes in her jobs had such a positive impact on her. And so I sort of went away and read Jodie's book and had to sort of think about it as a man rather than a woman. But there's lots in her book that is applicable 
to a to a man, especially I think when you're in a couple and you you've gone through it together. And I did I think so Helen's empowered work through Childless Week in 2019. And I started just owning it more, which I think is something that's coming out of the conversation here of how we own ourselves and how we relate to ourselves because I think one thing with childlessness is especially in the grief is you go out in the world and there's so many triggers out there and and it can just be like a baby on board sign on a car let alone something much more physical and sort of punching the stomach sort of feel to it and I think one way of lessening those triggers was sort of being getting to know that I'm okay and so this and it's still an ongoing issue or issue or process around the shame of not being a dad or somehow that not being a man as well as it being disappointing but I think the more I work on it the more I connect the more I'm okay with the situation it's still not what I wanted but the sense that I can make something from it um, and so where I think where I'm going from this is because of that work because of this community I've, with Michael, I've sort of helped him with the clan of brothers. I've ended up on Radio Five talking about childlessness to to, to to the to the world in a sense. And I think the biggest thing about that was that I told my parents about it before I did it. Normally, when I do things, they find it afterwards because it's just a complicated relationship in my mind. But I wasn't ashamed about it. I wasn't sort of scared of what I might say I just thought no this is Robin's asked me to come along it sounds good it sounds interesting so I'm going to do this and this is me and that's okay and that felt really empowering that a I could do it on national radio I think it helped it was on Skype and I was looking at a black screen and you're not in a studio with the people um but also that I had told people about it in advance and that that seemed really good that I wasn't scared of who I was I wasn't ashamed of who I was and that seems such a big step and that wouldn't happen without the community and that really is my impotence with helping Michael with the clan of brothers my activity outside of that at times dips up and down just because life is busy that's just what life is in a strange way but that just feels really good to sort of start to give something back to offer that support because I think Part of the reason Rachel was able to do the work is there was Gateway Woman due to Jodie. And she had that place to talk, to connect, whereas a man, there was a void. And there's also that within my life. So I think for me, it is part about, for people who unfortunately find themselves in the circumstances who identify as a man, it is like we need a space for people to talk, or just to be and not talk, post a photo, just to do whatever, but to know they're not alone, to borrow another Michael's phrase. So I'm not sure if that's a reflection of the year or, or just my general process over the last three years, but it's, it's good to be in a better space. I have got thoughts around Christmas, but I will just stop for now and let someone else talk and then come back to the Christmas festive theme, really. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I think that having met you on Twitter, um, I can't remember how long we've been tweeting, but as you said, through the podcast and also through um, Sarah as well, um, that 
it's been fascinating and so interesting to see how you've contributed to the community Andy and how valuable a person you are in what we're, do what we're doing with the podcast but also with other groups as well um, I think both you and Michael I, I, I admire you so much both of you for doing what you've done I admire lots of people in our community every presenter we've had I'm kind of awestruck that they turn up onto the podcast and talk to us and um, Steph and Sarah the work that you do is incredible um, but I think actually both you and Michael and the clan of brothers is just so hugely, hugely important what you're doing. And I just hope that that continues to grow because it's needed. And it's always done, I think, as well from from the heart and from the honesty. And it's been just it's so rewarding from my point of view, sitting here as a as a, a friend, as a, as a co-presenter and, and just watching and seeing how you've both grown. Um, particularly in this last year has been so lovely to see and so rewarding so thank you so much it's been mm. just lovely to to have you on a guest on the podcast here today as well as the last month too thank you I can second that because um my my partner Kevin um he is part of clan of brothers and um when he met Michael um you know he said to me afterwards he said that's the first man I've ever spoken to who has been through what I've been through in the last 10 years. Um, and it just, it really, really, really touched him very, very deeply to be seen um, and to be honoured because it's, it unfolds as you, as you both know, you know, it unfolds quite differently for men as it does for women. Um, and I know from, from his perspective, how, how much he really valued that. Um, and so, yeah, very big thank you. Yes, on many levels. Thank you. I think it's also interesting as well how many voices have come up this year. I don't know if something you've noticed, Steph. I know you've, you've touched on that with World Childless Week, but I think from from the outside of the, the, the community, and we, we get things come in. We obviously, as a podcast, we're looking at social media a lot and we're kind of trying to pick up as much as we can. And I know that there's been a, a book club that started recently, and I'm hoping that we can get um, the person behind the book club onto the podcast as well, Lisa, um, who is on Twitter. And she's on, we follow her on our Twitter account, so you can find her that way. But she's doing a specific. Um, Childlessness, voluntary childlessness book club. Um, there's been so many things have happened this year, and so many new voices, and so many new initiatives. That it's really quite hard to keep up as well. It's been quite exciting to see this this innovation that's happening because I think maybe perhaps people have got a little bit of space perhaps to think, oh, how can I fill that gap? How can I do this? And how can I do that? And of course, new podcasts as well. The Unwrapped Community, of course, has started as well in, in Australia. So we have other podcasts joining too. So Steph, have you, you noticed that from your side when you've been looking at World Childless Week and perhaps reviewing what other people have been doing? Massively. It's almost like we've been trickling out and all of a sudden we're going, hey, hey, we're here. And there seems to be people coming from every, like say, every direction that are now coming out. Because normally after World Childless Week, I go, okay, that's it. I sit back, I relax. Eventually my brain slows down, then I relax, I should say. <laughs> and then I don't sort of reappear until sort of May, June next year in, in our little champions group. I sort of go, okay, things have been mulling over my head. I haven't been publicly posted about it, but I'm mulling over my head. Let's go forward and start planning for the next World Childless Week. All I will say is I've already got people offering podcasts to do before Christmas, not podcasts, um, webinars to help our community. Not really had that before. 
I've already been invited to a few events next year. Never had that before. I've done a book review. Never done that so quickly. I've done a couple, but never suddenly had, here's a, you know, an endorsement, get it done that quick. And it's like, oh, crikey. Where's all this busyness coming from after World Childless Week? I've also had people offering books ready for next year's World Childless Week. I've got people saying, how can I get involved next more, you know, for next year's World Childless Week? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's almost like, give me a break. But at the same time, wow, this is so exciting. I'm really happy. And I can't believe I've already got a folder in the email box for World Childless Week 21. Because people are coming forward with their ideas and their offers. And I've never had that before. Never had it within the first few weeks of the World Childless Week finishing that we're already pre-planning. As I said, my head's often thinking things over. But it's unbelievable how many people are coming back to me so quickly and they want to start getting involved in an idea I had for something to help that um, has come together in a community in a different way to create World Childless Week. I mentioned to one person because she was like I want to get involved what can I do what can I do now and I said well I've thought about this idea what do you think and just being able to brainstorm again with somebody new coming into our community it's really refreshing because and it's exciting. Exciting is the only way I can think of because I can't believe these people are already here now wanting to do something that's almost a year away. And I think, like you said, it shows how much we are creeping out from those pebbles and stones and saying, I'm here, ta-da! You know, I want to speak, I want to talk, I want to do something. And that's what it's about. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, but it can be a little thing, but they want to do something. They want to be part of us. And it is, it's really, really exciting and wonderful to see so many people taking that step. It's almost like we're starting to claim our space in the culture, isn't it? Yes, we're here. Yeah. We're not silent yeah. anymore. Yeah. Thanks to the efforts, I think, of, of all the people who are providing the coaching and the tools I think to give that voice the work that you're doing with the empty cradle as well sarah i think is so important that and there there is just more out there um mariel as well sarah of course our sarah to um doing so much work and gateway women with their workshops as well there's just more out there now i i think when i i came to the point where i realized that i i wouldn't be a, a mother this is nothing you know there was a, a few bits I think actually for just gateway women, I think that's probably it. And now then you look at, at the resources that we have and the lists that we have, particularly I think on the World Childless Week website, there's so many on there now of places that people can get information and advice from. It's so incredibly important. Um, one thing I wanted to just ask um, about, so Sarah and Michael, please, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm having such a wonderful time talking to our guests, but I'm just aware that I'm dominating the podcast. So, but, um, so I'm, I'm going to stop and I'm going to just let you guys just sort of come in here because um, you've both been very quiet and, um, and they've had distractions and stuff going on. So I'm, I'm going to just be quiet and ask you to, you know, say some words. <laughs> oh, okay. Just bang it over. Uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm just a bit jaded, so, um, you know, a bit tired. But I suppose it's it's interesting. You sort of started talking about what there was when you were first aware that you weren't going to be a parent. I was 20, I think it was 2015, 2014, 2015. And you're right, there was only Gateway. There was only Jody sort of banging the drum for the community. And I think now you see so much more going on and so much innovation in terms of what people are 
prepared to offer our community i think it's only a matter of time before actually we can start actually properly claiming our space and people recognizing that we've got needs that aren't being addressed at the moment and i think bringing it back to covid has really highlighted that you've got all the all the stuff about parents and yes they've got their needs because you know it's going to be tough for them but there are there are things that aren't being addressed for us and i think there's only a matter of time before we start shouting you know steph said you know we're here hello we're here what are you going to do for us that you know it's only going to be a question of time but it's been interesting to hear everyone reflecting back because i know i've moved on a little bit since we've started doing the podcast you know and obviously i've qualified and i'm i'm working with people now and in that there's some healing for me too so it is i think it's interesting that steph is working with people that are just joining because therein lies all of the you know what they need rather than what we need where we're perhaps further down the track because your needs do change don't they you're not necessarily going to have the same outlook as when you get you either find that you're not going to be a parent through whatever means or it's that slow dawning that you're not going to be a parent so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be a good thing in actual fact i'm looking forward to christmas this year because i haven't got a fucking bother with anyone it's great (laughs) bring on the lockdown else (laughs) i think that's interesting though because it it, it's something popped into my head then when you were talking about ah it's gone out of my head what were you there was something about a light bulb that happened and i thought that is just so true and i'm just trying to think what it was we'll edit this bit out because i can't remember i will remember when i listen back and i'll be like damn i didn't say that because that was the thing that sarah said that was was really 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 significant um, so i know what it was no i know what it was lifelong so it's almost like we now have a, a kind of a pathway through if you like we have the counseling services and the support for people when they first start to think oh gosh this is what i what is happening and you have the the support that happens after that maybe you're not in need of that counseling but you need a community and you start to build the community through world charter speaks through all of the amazing groups on facebook and then you have that support that's sort of afterwards with well with the podcast with um with book groups with all the and, and going out and actually meeting other people in in whatever way that might be and right now that's zoom based but in a way that also gives us we, we get to know each other in a different way i'm thinking actually of, of steph you and i and how we met because we had done i think we had done the world childless week um and then we met after that. So we've kind of like a, attacked the website, stuff stuff together. And then finally we met after that. So we got to meet each other in an online way. And that almost kind of makes it, it's, it's a more challenging way of meeting somebody, but actually is a more fulfilling way because you find that I think my strongest friendships always come through this community. You know, I, I, that I've, I, you know, I have a, fr- a few friends that are parents who are very, very good friends of mine because we've known each other for so long and they have that empathy. But the empathy has come because my journey has changed because of our community, because you start to realise that there are different challenges that all of our, everyone in the world has. But yeah, if you and I, we, we met in that kind of weird way of Zoom then in person, didn't we? 
Yeah, and I think, as you say, it's almost like because well, our focus when we're sort of dealing with childlessness is on childlessness. So we've very much got one strong topic that we both, or we all know, so we can talk about it. And that then leads to such a strong and in-depth conversation with so many emotions that everything else is almost could be light-hearted in comparison to it. So if you've got that inner strength and trust and empathy for each other because of that childlessness, you, like you say, it gives you the, the confidence to speak about other things. And it's not so hard to start those conversations. So you build up the knowledge of the other people that you're talking with. And like you say, you get to know them before you meet them. And like you say, our meeting was, <laughs> it was insane. It was bizarre. And we just went, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much like we do anyway. Yeah, and I got chatted up by the waiter. Do you remember the oh, waiter? Oh, yeah. He was hot. <laughs> he was very hot. Yeah, was that's the shame of lockdown. We can't go back and see the, see the nice waiter. Oh, okay. Lockdown. Anyway. We know where we're going. Yeah, we're we going know. straight down to see the hot yeah. waiter. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's amazing because I think the other time that we all met was I knew you. Yeah. And then we went to Fertility Fest. Yeah. And I met Lucy for the first time. And I was nervous because, like, oh, meeting these people, I've talked to online, but I still get those nerves of meeting people face to face, even zooming for, with someone for the first time. I get butterflies. But it's amazing how quickly you can settle down into thinking, actually, I do know this person. I don't need to be worried. So when we all sort of met for Fertility Fest, it was you and me, we met each other, we knew each other, it was good. Then Lisa came along, we got chatting, it's good. And we're all sitting there going, hang on a minute, we're waiting, we're waiting because we know soon that Michael Hughes and his wife Vicky are going to walk through that door. And obviously, because well, of being that a that film star, that superstar, insane, wasn't it? We were all yeah, totally killed him. Yeah. yeah, we were expecting him from one door and he came from a side door. <gasps> he sort of came halfway through the pub. He's we wild like, oh by God. that, you know it's that. There. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that was just so exciting as well. But it's almost like we got up, we all hugged, and we hugged like we were old friends. Yeah. Because we did know each other, even though we'd never had that physical connection. We knew each other. And those 24 hours of being together were just amazing. To be fair, I actually, I knew you, I knew Lucy, because I've met Lucy a couple of yeah. times in person through Gateway Women. And you've been speaking to Michael. And I think I had about like three conversations with him on Facebook. And then, of course, I went down to London because I just thought I would. And I was like, yeah, I'll just hug anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, isn't it? You go somewhere like that. And I said to somebody else, I said that, you know, it was heaven from more to life because she was nervous about going to um, Fertility Vest. And I said, it's like you walk into a, a room that's full of hugs. It's like one big hug because you end up hugging people you don't know. You think, I might have known them, I might not know. But you hug and you don't mind because you know them. You, or you know inside their hearts. Mm. And therefore you know a little bit about them and everybody welcomes everybody. And it's being in that community again where you're not afraid. Mm. You know everybody in that room supports you and loves you for who you are, not who you could have been who you yeah. thought you were going to be. And all I can say is, Michael, you should be in on this conversation. How did you feel when you walked into these mad, free-screaming women in a pub? You've got to tell us. Rupees. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry I had to pop out, but I've been welding all day, and it's quite hot down here at the moment. And I've been, I've been chugging water like nothing else, and I've just had the biggest pee ever. It was huge. Anyway, that's the side's point. Um, nice. <laughs> Uh, and I could just tell you there's nothing wrong with prostate. 
Um, are you going to keep that in the podcast? There's that, those that is, meaningful you, you always pick out our bits, and now we can, you know, I want to edit this one and put that one first. Um, it's the deep no, it, meaningful. It was, it was, I can tell you that I was a little bit nervous. Fiki was petrified because she is very, you know, very quiet, quiet girl. But um, it, it was, it was fantastic. It's everything you said, Steph, you know, and by the, by the, by the end of that, uh, you know, after Fertility Fest, I, I still talk about how there's Helen, Julia, Vicky, crying their eyes out, hugging each other outside as we were trying to look for food. And Vicky says to me, I, f I feel like I found my place. I feel like I found where I belong. So, um, yes, yeah, and that, that will sit with me that was at me forever yeah that was a that was a just a beautiful beautiful moment and so much so that you know um that's so vicky's um idea is that she would look to our later years actually she would she talks about oh we could live in a in a community like a, a cooperative community with, with other childless people you know i'd like that because like we've all like we've all said, you know, it's it's only us that understands us. But this year's been an interesting one for me. My job takes me around Australia a lot, and I have the one of the perks of that is I get to meet people. So I get to meet Sarah Roberts, and and that that was a really really beautiful moment too, and especially with a husband. You know, because, and I, I could see, I could see the comfortableness that that, that that was between us. Because some of the some of the things we talked about are not the sort of things you talk about when you first meet someone. There were, and, and it's not just around childlessness. It was around other things in uh, in his life, and um, yeah, that was, and so that spurred me on. Uh, spurred me on to meet other people so i've just come back from south australia where i met carmen hi carmen i know she won't be listening to this for at least another six eight months because she's well behind on the podcast thank you thank you for your comments about you know what i'm up to and what andy's up to but um i do feel like i've grown this year is that the podcast has allowed me to grow which i've i've really enjoyed i remember the the episode where we talked about covid and loneliness now of course I'm, I'm in a, uh, not a unique position, but I'm in a position where, um, you know, I'm in a partnership. So I was thinking about COVID and loneliness. I'm thinking, what's the difference? This is what a life has been like for fucking age, forever. No one comes to our house anyway because of who, you know, because of, and, and it's all around our childlessness. I mean, no one comes and visits us. And I, I was just sitting there thinking, for me, was it really that bad? Look, I can't. I don't. I don't actually notice any difference. And it would be actually quite interesting if, if we're able to, if we're able to sort of bottle that up as an essence and say to, say to people who don't understand us, hey, this is what it's like. Try this. So yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting time this year. I've run out of things to say because I'm, 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 I'm knackered. <laughs> what what were you actually welding? <laughs> I, I'm I'm building a truss frame for a 
there's going to be a decorative door in our uh, decorative garden door in our garden mm -hmm. obviously a decorative garden door um, so uh, it's got to be lightweight i can't do it all out of stone so i'm making a steel frame to then clad in hebel to then give the effect that it looks like stone if you're crazy can i just say you're crazy I just can't buy one. I just. Oh, no, 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 no. This is monstrous, this thing. This is like two meters wide. It's 2.7 tall. You know. Yeah, I should go buy one or I wouldn't buy one. Can't do it half assed. What are you going to have coming through that door, Michael? Nothing. That's the whole point. Because it just it just covers the, the, the horrible shed of my neighbor. So we, Vicky said, I've been looking at that for 20 years. I don't want to look at it anymore. So we're, we're building a screen, uh, Merbu and rock screen, and in the middle of it will be this ornate doorway to give you the illusion there's more, but of course there's not. It's like Narnia. Mm. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Nice. I, still, I still need you to get on the plane and come over and sort out the garden here. I decided it, it needs sorting out, and I look at it, and there's occasionally there's a, there's a bit at the back of our shed that's just falling apart, and I'm sitting there thinking, what we're going to do with it? And I thought, I, I had to ask Michael about that, and I think, you know, I'll just come up with some kind of friggin' welding job or something that I I can't do. I I, I have got a soldering iron because I sold stuff for the glasswork, but I'm not let loose on anything else. Uh, it's probably just as well. <laughs> I, so, I, I so wished I could have come across. It. I was so, both Vicky and I were gutted. Because it was almost going to be like our our, uh, our 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 childless tour. We had people lined up everywhere. Steph, Andy, Robin. Um, I even had Tess Broad down in Cornwall lined up. Sarah, you of course, Berenice. Who else and you were going to go up to Clem's Garden. So the lovely and I was Vicky going to Clem's Garden. Clem's Garden. And you were going to go and see flowers before I did. And I was so, we still got to do that road trip. So it got into a weird conversation where Sarah and I were going to go off and do a road trip in order to beat Michael to get to as many people as we could. That, that may yet happen. 2021. Yeah. And then oh, from some of my so. other, some from my other interests, I've been able to uh, bring people into the fold, so to speak. So, um, yeah, there's some other childless women that, that I'd invited to our birthday party so that they could, you know, mm. you know, feel the love, so to speak. And cake. Yeah, so there was cake as well. Yeah. Ah, oh, the cake. And then yeah. I could have told you about my nan who worked up the road at Gilby's Gin. I could have, I could have been telling stories all day. I <laughs> mean, be like the podcast on there. On speed, wouldn't it? It would. God. Go we're we're going to try and record some of it as well. It would have been an absolute nightmare, really. Yeah, it would have been. been an awful lot of yeah. <laughs> we can make it bigger and better when this is over. When and it will, you know, it it has to end at some point. We've just got to stick with it and try and do the best we can and stay yeah. safe and stay well and patient and yeah. keep in touch with each other and keep talking to each other. And don't be afraid to say, look, actually, I need a bit of help because we've been doing that on the podcast. So um, as we all know from our experiences, grief isn't linear. It never is. As much as people, I think, like to say these things, it doesn't always work like that. And we've had days when we've just struggled, all three of us, and we've just been in touch with each other, either Zoom or Messenger. The, the dog's just arrived. If you hear kind of like shaking of collars and tails, it's my dog. Or snoring because she settled in the bed. She'd be quite noisy in a minute. Um, 
but yeah, t talk to each other because we've been doing that too. Always just talk to each other, get out and go for a safe socially distance walk or whatever you need to do. But it's definitely very important to touch, you know, keep in touch with yeah. friends you know because chances are somebody out there in our in our world is going through exactly the same feelings as you. There's no answers to things, but at least you can sit there and have a, a shared rant, which the three of us have been doing quite a lot behind the scenes. Just that frustration of everything. But yeah, yeah. very important. I one thing I wanted to talk to touch on what you said there, Michael, about Christmas and about being no one coming round. I, I I kind of when I mentioned about Christmas here and, and us being here and, and one of the reasons we went away was because we knew we wouldn't have any guests and it almost kind of covers up that absence of because my, my Christmases as a child were really busy it was full of family it was big it was you know three two or three sittings for for, for dinners and and both kitchens and my um grandparents house used sometimes the caravan kitchen too so I miss that terribly I always miss that it's always something's on my mind on on Christmas day um, so going away was just always a little bit easier it kind of you, know, you think oh well, I haven't got to avoid the fact that no one's going to come round and this year of course we're going to be here and no one's going to come round but of course you can kind of use the pandemic to say well no one's going to come round um, so when I've seen all this stuff that's going on on social media about people saying I'm going to be on my own and going back to that kind of leveling again well yeah this is kind of mm -hmm. what it can often be like for our community that people don't come around they don't have spontaneous visitors in the way that other people do and my parents do but that's kind of it but oddly I did have a spontaneous visit over the summer from somebody and I was really surprised with my family that this person turned up you know spontaneously oh, I'm popping around I'm just on the way around and given I live in the middle of a city where most people come to get their shopping it's odd that no one does come round um, because you'd think they might, you know, because they're literally, you know, going like you know, two or three streets away to go and get to, you know, their food shopping or something like that. But no one ever does. And it's been interesting that I've had have had the odd spontaneous thing, which kind of makes me a bit worried about Christmas Day because I might get some spontaneous person turning up. Kind of hoping that they don't. No, no. <laughs> I've got to settle into yeah. anti-socialism. <laughs> like, that, that's my new phrase, my word of the anti-socialism. Um, not anti-socialist but anti-socialism is a new term I've just made it up I don't think it's a word already yet but anyway I've been practicing anti-socialism on Christmas day and and hunkering down and putting on the telly and watching all of the rubbish and vegetating beautifully and I probably have macaroni cheese I think because I've missed it I haven't had macaroni cheese for a long time I don't do Christmas dinner I can't be asked what's the point anyway mm -hmm. That's me. Bar humbug. <laughs> I randomly pop up on, on Zoom and, and, and be in touch with people in our community with them without champagne, because of course Steph and I have discovered that neither of us like champagne. And therefore, Sarah Lawrence, you cannot possibly no. tell me off anymore. <laughs> Goodness. Well, bung it over here, I'll have it. I know. I've got bottles here for when I see you. Yeah, I do. I actually, I do. I have got champagne here. I got, yeah, I've got one here for you. Yeah, so I've got to oh. kind of arrange at some point to meet up with you and, and, and gift you champagne because there's no point in sitting here. Oh, how fantastic. Shall I just drop by on Christmas Day then? Shall I? Yeah, you turn it. You be my random <laughs> on Christmas Day. Yeah, you, you know, I would like that very much. Yeah, that'd be fun. Wouldn't it? Be terrible. Yeah. Then we'd be on, the, on Zoom to Michael going, Wahoo! And it would be awful. Well, I would. Yeah. I, I rocked up to that. Um, we did uh, one of our 
sort of get togethers for people that we've been doing randomly and I rocked up pissed and Veronese goes oh yeah I've gone teetotal and I was like oh shit I have <laughs> I have so I'm I've been so I've been I've, I've been teetotal since um October um no special reason there's no issues or anything like that promise it was just that I, I wanted I, I was getting to the point where it was just like oh it's wine I'm thinking I don't actually know what day of the week it is I'd lost the, the, the plot in terms of kind of like is it Monday Tuesday or Saturday and every day was wine day and I thought no I'm going to just be really good and then I discovered some really lethal um stout called brownie pints and mm. it's um like it, it's a stout and it's got um, caramel and, and it's like chocolate pudding liquid with alcohol it is absolutely lethal and I thought no okay, I've really just got you know this is not good and I think it's like 11 or 12 percent something like that so it's like your real strong stuff you see Andy's laughing yeah it's proper strong you know this is the kind of stuff that that um when when we did the very first men's episode and we arranged I think for a, a, a pub crawl when we all met with with Robin Hadley um Rod Silvers I don't think you were on that, Andy, but yeah, you, you're definitely invited anyway. Um, it's kind of this kind of pub call that we were going to do. And it was just like, well, I, I actually drink stout. And it was like, Jesus, and it's a really strong stout, this stuff. It's 11%. You have to kind of build up to it. So I thought, no, I'm just going to go teetotal for a bit. So I have since, yeah, October. So when I do get a sniff of something on Christmas Day, I'm going to be up, just, I'm going to fall over. I will. I just got to fall over. It's going to be terrible, but I feel much better for it. I feel so much healthier um, for it. And I think it just gave me a little bit of sense of control as well, because um, the days all were blurring into to one, because it just is, you know, I mean, you've just got to try and remember uh, what am I meant to be doing today? You know, is it Sunday? Because it's just every day is the same in lockdown. So I feel much healthier for it. And yeah, it's a sense, yeah, a sense of control and, just feeling a little bit better and not berating myself because I'm terrible for that. I berate myself constantly over, over things. I have a, a very big struggles with worth and value. So um, to just take back some control and to just eat really healthily and to be healthy and to go out and start doing some running and to do some kettlebells and things has been absolutely much better. My lockdown two, if you like, has been much better than my lockdown one. Although I felt resilient, I was sort of, you know, thinking oh it's a bit like an you know it's nice I enjoyed the quiet and the peace around the city here but I got kind of like oh I'll sit in the garden with a few bevies and yeah I needed to just chill a bit on that so yeah it's good mm. all good but yeah sorry I let you down Sarah no shocked and appalled I know so <laughs> I was, yeah I yeah, yeah everyone... I haven't quite got over champagne gate yet if you darling <laughs> I, know. I, I thought we, we were doing like a virtual pub so there's me rocking up two two bottles in I was like Jesus Christ I'm slurring and oh, you I'm were not like, you were perfect what amazes me is how non-slurry and eloquent you, you remain after two or three bottles or however many you had you were just like oh it's just Sarah so you could get away with it darling. you could still come turn up today we wouldn't know we'd be fine you're all right uh, yeah you well, handle I, it fine I had a few yesterday, so I'm feeling a bit jaded today, actually. It was your it. birthday. I know, I was allowed. I was allowed. <laughs> Defo. <laughs> so um, you mentioned you're having macaroni cheese for Christmas mm. and everyone's got to bugger off. What else is everyone else doing for mm. Christmas? Anyone got any ideas? Well, for us, I think it could be similar to past Christmas. So I was just going to say, yeah, I can echo my from Berenice, that sense of you come into lockdown and you're like, yeah, what's different? Because our friends and family are dispersed, so it's often just us two. And I think sort of 
that did create a resonance of oh we've been here before because for both of us part of this year was to sort of get out more meet more people sort of build that community and so there was a stall to that but then we're both being more active through like zoom to me through my phd in geography i've met and health and well-being so i'm doing more there online and um, obviously for you guys and that's really good so again it's about well now i'm going away from christmas and i'll come back but that sort of echoing of oh this is our normal it wasn't nowhere near as painful as childlessness where then we hunkered down in books and as i said on the radio it's like we watched so many box sets it was ridiculous and now we we had we do watch tv but we didn't really watch a lot at all and we went for walks and we weren't hiding away and it just felt we could cope with it better there was obviously difficult days it's pandemic isn't it um and we were trying not to drink our way through it and um, which is probably why we're still drinking now and then um but it just felt good that even in the through the difficult bits that we could stop and i say weeks it happened to us both that like you could take a day off you could do a bit you could allow things to be a bit slower and so i think to go back to christmas or catmas as we call it or in a phrase of uh, a street cat named bob the film and the books like i've personally struggled with christmas a long time because i don't believe in gods or christianity at all i was brought up catholic i hated going to church on christmas day the worst thing was when christmas day was a saturday and then you'd have to go to church on a sunday or you'd have double double bowel of religion and it wasn't for me um, and so i really struggled transferring christmas to like festive because i'm not paid either or like a winter festival especially about children build something around because people are still doing things and the thing that since picking up catmus and i think that helped last year but this year will help more is the sense of it's different because you've not got your christmas meals your christmas drinks friends it's all different so it sort of feels like more of a chance to own it and make it our own and so i think being that's another part of moving on from childlessness is I'm okay calling it Catmus, even if it sounds a bit silly. It's just ours. It's us two. It's the paws. You've probably seen one popping a tail up. Um, and one thing Rach said to me, which because I was like, "Oh, do still." It still bubbled the difficulty around it. And she's like, "Just have no expectations." And then it's made me think that the best times have always been spontaneous, like a random night where we've enjoyed ourselves, a random walk to a pub. It's just. There's bits you don't plan. And so for us, for, for, for Katniss, we've both got two weeks off and there isn't any plan because you can't make it. And we're just, we said on the actual day, we thought we might go for a run because Rachel's doing couch to 5K. And so we could do a 5K run, maybe a long walk and prom, then come home and we can just vegetate the rest of the day. So there will be food, probably a nut roast because I'm vegetarian now. Um, but we said it'd be nice to do a start up and just sort of eat, drink, watch rubbish TV and just enjoy that. But also spread that across the two weeks where there might be some more longer walk or exercise. But try and, yeah, for, it is that sense of I'm in a different place because it's about just having two weeks off, just seeing what happens. And I'm, no doubt there'll be days where it's a little tough. 
and there's reminders because we've got we've got nieces it's going to come up but um i think it'll help just to sort of think to for me to give myself permission to overeat or overdrink or not do it if i don't want to because it's part of the tradition so just do what comes to mind so i think that for me is is where i'm at with, with christmas and the festive season yeah, I can say Christmas now for a long time. I wouldn't even say the word. <laughs> it was festive season. Really going away from it. But um, it is, yeah, just enjoy it, see what happens. Probably lots of food. Might have to try and find some of that stout and then <laughs> miss a day. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at. And maybe something with a clan. Maybe we try and offer something around it, like some sort of chat or something, just to see how everyone is. and just for us to get together that'd be pretty cool yeah, yeah. good idea Andy. yeah i got because apparently i'm i'm due i do claim i did say we'd organize a a chat to um agnes and um Latvia, mm. i forgot so i'll get i'll get me ass in the gear it'll it'll come together <laughs> what about anyone else what what are your thoughts what do you want to, Sarah? Roberts, yeah. that is. Yeah, <laughs> look, um, we haven't given it a lot of thought this year. Um, and look, that kind of surprises me because I was, and it was similar to Mother's Day, actually, to be honest. It was actually the week of Mother's Day here. And, um, and I remember someone saying, oh, it's Mother's Day this week. And it, was, it kind of took me by surprise. And I guess, like you reflected on, I think, Berenice, is that, and I think Steph, you mentioned as well, is that it's sometimes as you look backwards that you actually can see your progression through the grief. Um, and, and the reason I say that is that I've, I've had like 15 years of really tough Christmases and really raw Christmases. And I remember when I was going through fertility treatments and coming into December, the fertility clinics would close really from kind of mid in Australia. Anyway, the fertility clinics would close between mid December through to the end of January. Like it just would go into hibernation and it would be, you'd just have, you knew that you were coming to the end of another year where your children hadn't arrived. And I know for me, um, I'm sure it's so true for so many of the women in our community is that, um, it took me actually quite a long time to really, really claim how important being a mother was for me. Um, and, and I think in the back of my mind, being a mum was, um, it was like the one fixed point in my life. Like I could look across the future of my life and the one thing that I knew that was um, just this, this assumption that there was, you know, I, I hadn't actually constructed any sense of that not happening. Um, and so for me, when it, didn't happen the grief was on so many different layers and levels and really when I look back at just how raw I was I think that it, it literally was the annihilation of my previous identity and like it was like I was watching myself it was like 10 years of watching this slow death of this part of myself that 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 felt like it was the mother and the children that 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 were never, they didn't come. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't really factored in, um, I, 
hadn't really thought through a lot what a life would actually be like and to be honest I wasn't really that curious about what a life without children was going to be like because you know I had always assumed like I guess lots of us had that that you know I'd really drunk the Kool-Aid on on choice that that people who didn't have children it was because they chose not to and people who did was you know it was choice um and you know one of the things that that I, you know the thing that for me that has been through this journey has been like the little nuggets of gold that have unfolded for me along the whole way and and one of them that really i woke to this year was this idea that actually nobody has control over fertility like fertility is not something even the doctors who actually bring the egg and the sperm together we don't actually have control over fertility and and the way in which this idea of choice is so dominant in the way that we talk about it what we have control over is we have control over the circumstances in which it may or may not happen and so it's almost like we wake up to this social social delusion it's like this collective delusion that everyone carries that we're in charge and it's it's kind of like we wake up it's this incredible awakening to the to us actually not being in, in charge of it um and then having to you know digest this enormous i suppose i can swear this this enormous shit sandwich really around yeah life yeah you've you've just been through this dumper in life and you you have no map there's no road map there's such limited resources and and so for me the really raw times and for so many of the women i work with is um particularly in that really really raw grieving stage christmas like i remember previous christmases where i would i would be beside myself for weeks and i would just be so reactive in terms of all these these grief triggers and um and yeah it was really tough because i remember that you know i was going through this this life altering event where i was being annihilated this sense of being annihilated and then it was like the people around me it was completely invisible like like it wasn't that people were saying hey how are you going and coming to terms with your childlessness how, how are you going with that journey or were able to be present to to the grief and to, and to the intensity of it um and so i guess it, it and similar i guess i i felt this sense of being alone i went and saw a number of counselors and and there were loads of you know prenatalist comments that were made i remember one one therapist i went and saw she kind of said to me well you know it's a, being a mum's not all it's cracked up to be and i sat there and i went hang on <laughs> i'm grieving <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think what I found is as I've done the grief work, it's gone from being, it's, it's felt like grief for quite a few years. It like sat in front of my face and it was the filter from which I woke to the world and I went to sleep to the world and I saw the world through this grieving filter. And as I did the grieving work, it shifted, I think, within me and it became kind of part of me and part of my internal inside world. And now it feels like it's kind of shifted a little bit further back. So it kind of sits on my shoulder, kind of back here. And it is like the grief that we experience, it's because it's a non-finite, it's an ongoing loss. So it's actually not a loss that's just at that point of 
you couldn't have children. Most people treat that as a fact. They just go, oh, that's, you know, couldn't have kids. That's the end of the story. Whereas we know that what it actually is, it's an ongoing lived experience where we just get this accumulation of losses as our siblings have children, as our friends' children have children, as we, you know, you know, you know, you guys know the story, you know, as, as friends become grandparents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's actually a, the losses continue throughout the second half of our life and the grief actually does as well. But what happens is that the grief becomes, it becomes this kind of chronic grief that it can sit back here at our shoulder and it, it gets triggered out occasionally. And it's just as intense and as raw when it comes up, but we've actually learned that that ability to self nurture, to be really compassionate and really gentle and really kind with ourselves and have connections with people around us who've seen our grief. And that's why it's so important as part of our healing to connect with each other. Um, and I guess what I'm, I'm realizing now coming into this Christmas is, um, I don't know what to expect to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I should have something profound to say, but I actually have no idea. It's just like, this year, it's different from the last year. It's different from the previous year. It'll be different from next year. But I, I just feel more solidly equipped to actually be okay. However that it unfolds, to be able to set some really good boundaries and be able to, um, you know, to create some distance for ourselves and, and make some choices and, and actually navigate Christmas on our own terms. And I guess I'm really conscious that there'll be some people for whom, you know, the pandemic and lockdown and, and the impact will really impact on their ability to be able to maybe set those boundaries. Um, and so I think it's going to be really important to reach out to each other over Christmas, to really listen to the podcast, participate in, in our communities, to, to be online in spaces where we can get the support that we need, particularly if, you know, we're, we're in houses or in lockdown with people that, you know, we, we may not be able to get away and have those spaces and, and the ways that we might previously have been able to cope. Like I know for some people, they do things like they'll, you know, they'll go away for the week or they'll, I know one friend of mine who would book a hotel room in the center of town and she would wake up on Christmas morning somewhere really lovely. And, and she did a lot of planning around, um, you know, not being in, you know, business as usual. Um, yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, to really just take care of ourselves and to, to, to try and as much as we can really plan our Christmas on our own ter terms, I think is, is really important. Um, I think, I mean, the other big shift for me this year, I guess, has been that as I've grieved and I've changed through that process, I've been able to kind of revisit some of the dreams that were really important to me and been able to nurture a few of those a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so, um, you know, I've done things like this year, I, I did a permaculture course and, and you may not know, but I live on, on a couple of acres. And so I've kind of, you know, redirecting some of my energy into some of those things, but I wasn't able to do that in the really acute aggrieving stage and so for me it's just a little bit of a almost a marker of of moving a little bit further th through um the process and you know 
just sending loads of blessings, lots and lots of love. If you're in a really raw, raw space this year, um, you aren't alone and do reach out. Hello, full stop podcast listeners. It's Jodie Day here, founder of Gateway Women, wishing you a very, very happy Christmas, happy holidays and happy new year. Now, I get that that might actually be a bit of a tall order this year after this extraordinary year that we've all had. And I would like to say thank you to all of the members of the Gateway Women online community for being such an incredible support to each other throughout this year, particularly through times of lockdown and social isolation, which have been exceptionally difficult for some members of our community, and I'm sure for some of you listening today. I need to let you know that over the Christmas period and over the holiday period, Gateway Women in the online community, we have put together an extraordinary package of support for you, including our now famous round the clock holiday hugs, which is literally every time zone in the world from 6 a.m. to midnight on the 25th of December. Do come and join us for that. And we have other things like our holiday market. We have various different gateway cafes, which are our live Zoom calls for members and all kinds of wonderful things. Um, there's stuff for members. There's also stuff for non-members. So do check out the Gateway Women website for all of the things we're doing in December and into January. I'd also like to send my holiday wishes and thanks to Karen Enfield de Vries, who is my wing woman at Gateway Women. Um, she has joined Gateway Women as our operations director um, and has been an incredible support to me and to the whole community this year. So it's also her birthday in December. And to be honest, having her help me at Gateway Women has been a little bit like my birthday every day this year as well. So I'd like to send a special Christmas message to her. I'd also like to thank Elizabeth Grouch, who, along with Karen, has been leading our online bee which is Gateway Women's year-long Plan B mentorship program. It has been an incredibly difficult and challenging year to do a course which is about personal transformation online with Gateway Women, with everything else that's going on in people's life. And both Karen and Elizabeth have shown incredible leadership in doing those this year. And hello to all their bees and to my bees as well, because I have a group too. Um, and if you're interested, that course starts again next April. So in the year of COVID 2020, I send you all uh, my very, very best wishes for the best Christmas you can manage this year. And know that in the Gateway Women Online community and in so many other of the brilliant childless resources there are now, there are amazing women and men, thank you, Michael, um, who are there to support you, who understand how triggering and unpredictably triggering this time of year can be. Next year will be Gateway Women's 10th anniversary. I cannot believe that. And we've got all kinds of things planned, which we'll, we'll see. Pandemic planned, let's just see what happens. So sending you lots of love and mince pies and hugs and puppies and kittens and whatever you need to get through this holiday season. And I'll see you on the other side. Lots of love and a big Jodie hug. We have a little 
story actually that Kev and I laugh about, which I, I don't know if I can tell this online, but this is actually quite funny in relation to Michael because um, we've got a little dog called Maxie who, he, Maxie was the dog that companioned me, really companioned both of us, but particularly companioned me. He really stuck to me like glue, particularly during the really griefy times. Things like, you know, when you'd have your period arrive after IVF and you'd just be sobbing and you'd go and you'd put yourself into bed and Max would sit at the end of my bed or he'd come up and he'd lick the tears off my face. And he was, he was my dog, my really loyal companion. Anyway, um, Maxie does this thing that when we arrive home, if we open the door and Kevin's in front, Max will literally circle around Kevin so that he can come and say hello to me. It's just like, poor Kevin, like, um, it's a bit tough. But we laugh because when, when um, Michael arrived at our house, he, he almost circled around me and went, where's Kevin? It was so cute. We just loved it. It was, um, it was and it was so lovely for Kevin because it was so precious for him to actually connect with, with another man who'd been through the journey and it was so validating for him. And, you know, it's, that was a really special, special connection for him to make so so if you can get up we'd love it michael <laughs> you're oh. always welcome always a seat at our table all right i'll see if kevin <laughs> needs anything if he needs anything from manufactured in the workshop before i come up oh yeah <laughs> kevin is um kevin is into 1960s minis so he's got a shed full of them so he does he's tinkers and she's and not them. she's not joking when she says a shed full of them she's not joking <laughs> It does. He's, he's got um, minis, he's got Morris 1100s, and uh, that's his thing. He builds engines from the engine mount up. So, yes. Wow. The only thing he doesn't do is the body where, is the painting. So he sends that into the shop to be painted. But that's his thing, is his cars. Well, you may be yeah. grateful that Kenny is actually only into motorbikes because they're a little bit smaller. They are smaller. <laughs> much more manageable. <laughs> to be fair, I get a little grumpy about it, but um, but yeah, that, oh, that's okay. I should I think of Kevin and um, they could have worse vices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be a whole yeah. thing going on there, couldn't there? Could be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. So Steph, Steph, what are you up to? Yeah, what Christmas? are you up to, Steph? Um, bit different this year because normally we'd go down and stay at my mum's and usually at Christmas day we normally meet my brothers and he does all the cooking which is amazing so I can sit back and really enjoy the day and I'm looking at the fact that I do enjoy Christmas I look forward to it but this year's different because hubby's on call so we don't know what will happen Christmas day Christmas Eve Boxing Day he could literally be sitting down to eat something get that call and have to go out to work and could be gone for an hour or 12 hours so we've got no control and that's a word that's come up quite a few times we've talked about control and i think that's controlling our emotions controlling our situations controlling how we react controlling what we decide to do and i think the big thing about christmas is knowing that some things we can control some things we can't and it's okay not to be in control so if a situation's hard and we get emotional we shouldn't control our emotions. If we can let them out, it's better to do that. And I think that's a big thing for Christmas that we have the control to let our control go and release the emotions and not hold back on them. The situations we can't control if we're invited somewhere we feel we have to go regardless of lockdown, we may have to go because of work. We can't control that. But we've got the opportunity to control who we do meet 
not necessarily in reality, but free a Zoom. We can actually say no to a Zoom meeting if we don't want to go to it. And it doesn't matter what reactions people may give us, or we may assume they react to us. We have the control to say, no, I don't want to do that Zoom chat. And we can make up an excuse. We don't have to let them know it's down to childlessness. We could say, oh, sorry, I've just developed a really heavy cough and I don't want to come online and cough in front of everybody or I'm feeling I've got a headache, I need to go to bed. We can make up white lies and give ourselves control to not attend that Zoom or not to be somewhere. But we can't control our emotions always. That's the hardest thing to control. But it's okay not to have control. So I think it's looking at control in different ways, what we can control, what we can't control, but accepting the level of control we have. Like I said, I can't control if my hubby will have to go to work on Christmas Day. But I could control perhaps to say, you know what, on Christmas Eve, you've worked during the day, you're not tired, should we just watch a session of horror movies? And then if I sleep in for half of the day on Christmas Day, does it matter? You might have to get up and go to work, uh -uh, but I might not have to. I have the control to say Christmas Day can be what I want it to be. I might stay in bed for half a day, get up, and eat a cold takeaway that was left over from the night before. That could be my new Christmas tradition, that we have takeaways. And I think it's all about Christmas's we sort of see it like lack of control because of family. We think of traditions that we had as children. We think of, well, we don't think of commercialism, but it's in our face. They're the ones who really push the family ideal again and the perfect present, the perfect day, the perfect dinner. But perfect dinner could be a cold takeaway. Perfect Christmas films could be horror movies. And we've got the control to say how we actually want to treat ourselves emotionally on Christmas Day and in the lead up. It could be we say, okay, why are we focusing on one day? It is just a day. Unless you're religious, why are we focusing on that day? If you're not religious, it's just a date in the diary. If we've got family, as in kids, because that's supposed to be family, but family could be you and a cat. It could be you and 10 dogs, a farmyard. It could just be you. You are your own family and there's nothing wrong with that. But we get into the idea of commercialism that family is a mum, a dad and 2.4 children. And it's waking up to a happy Christmas stocking and presents and this, that and the other. And it's often on what we had as children, what we saw as the ideal Christmas or what we didn't have and we think we want to create for the children we never had. But kids, as I've seen with my brother's kids, they don't necessarily want to do on Christmas Day what you think you did as a child. Come Boxing Day, okay, the sales are open. How many people now go shopping on Boxing Day for the sales? And to me, that's like the furthest from Christmas it could possibly be. But some people love it and they see that as what well. they see that as part of Christmas. So we don't necessarily have to control over what our dreams would have been even if we'd had children. And again, it's that lack of control. We don't always have control. We didn't have control over having children. We don't have control over even if we had children, what that Christmas could have turned into. So it's allowing ourselves to release the feeling of being able to control everything. And I think the more we can let go, the more we can invite in with new traditions. We could say, okay, through the whole of December, we're gonna give each other a little prezi. The first week could be a prezi 
that's the cheapest thing you can find under £10, bloody awful, and it's going to make you laugh. The next weekend could be the best alcoholic present for under £10. Or you can make different subjects, you know, it could be the best prezi for your fur kid. Or if you're on your own, it could be an indulgence. There's a candle you have the smell of, but you wouldn't buy it normally because you think it's a candle. It ain't worth that money. But you might think, you know what? It's my Christmas present. I'm having it. And the next weekend could be some music. It could be anything you want it to be. But you're creating a month of celebrations for yourself rather than a day that's compressed. Those 24 hours compressed into something we don't feel we have. So we have to let go. We have to let go of that control and give ourselves the freedom to make Christmas or the 25th of December. We don't even have to use the word Christmas. It could be a catmus. I love that word. It could be anything we want to do, but we can make it. We've got that little bit of control to say it's not about December the 25th. It could be about December. It could be about January. We could change it to Christmas to be in the summer. We could, we can do what we want with it because it's our day and that's the control we have. So I think control coming up with both Andy and Sarah in the conversations, it's a really interesting word to take control of our control, to know we don't have it. You know, with commercialism, we can't stop commercialism. We can't hide from it. We turn off social media, we turn off the TV, we don't look at magazines. We're going to go out in the street when we can, doing our healthy walks. And we're still going to come across adverts in bus shelters or on somewhere else that are talking about the traditional Christmas family. So we can't control what we can necessarily see, but we can control what we do with it. Not how we react to it, because I said emotions, we don't always have control of, and that's good because we need to let them out. But it's figuring out what we can do. So come Christmas, we'll be doing whatever we're doing, me and my hubby. We don't know where we'll be at any given moment during the 24 hours of the 25th of December or preceding or the ones afterwards, we don't have that control. It doesn't matter because I might just find, or, you know, I might treat myself to a box of my favourite chocolates <laughs> and I've got no control how I eat them. <laughs> they might just be divulged within an hour or they might last for a few days, but I've the choice of how I control my eating. I've got the choice of if I open them up that day or just think, actually, I don't fancy that. I'm going to have the cold takeaway from last night. But it's making new ideas and suggestions for how we perhaps perceive Christmas. Because at the end of the day, Christmas is there for religion. How many people actually do? What percentage? I'd love to know well, how many, what percentage of people go to church and actually use Christmas for what it was created for. It is created for religion. It's now there because of commercialism. And that's sometimes what we're going to do is step out of that box and see who has taken control of that day. It's the people with the big, you know, the fat cats, the ones who want to lie in their pockets. That is a lot about what Christmas can be because we can love our family and our friends every day of the year. It doesn't have to be about one day of the year and it should never be about one day of the year. We put so much emphasis on if this day isn't perfect, the whole of the year is ruined and we've got a plan for next year because next year needs to be perfect on the 25th because this one was shit. But we don't have to do that. We have the control to say, you know, the choice to take control, to leave control, accept control. So for me, Christmas is about just letting it happen, hopefully getting a shopping order in from one of the shops and they're not booked up, hopefully getting a few of the drinks and the chocolates through that I enjoy. And while he sits there and can't have a drink, I might have a tipple, but I might not. It's depending what I fancy. It's what I want to do. 
it's embracing what makes me happy on that day because it is just the day and the day after it's gone and like i said a lot of people will be running around the shops buying stuff for themselves because commercialism has taken over Oh, it has, yeah. hasn't it? It really yeah. has. I've noticed yeah. that. One, one of the things that I I was going, I'm trying, I try to do anyway, but I'm really, really, really doing this year is just going independent for everything. So I normally go in, I, well, I do, I, I go local for all of our food anyway, as much as I can and try and get stuff from the veg box. So I'll carry on doing that. But presents will be from small businesses because mm. that's one thing that we can all do so well. and uh, it makes a difference it just makes a difference to anyone who's struggling at the moment because goodness knows there's there's just so much going on in terms of people being furloughed and lack of um, funding and there is actually there's a small thread that started um, on the walking forward inspiration network on facebook and i think there's probably others in other groups as well just listing businesses within our community where we can buy stuff from but just in general get over onto to twitter if you're on it um and have a look at small businesses at some of the indie campaigns just a card is a good hashtag to look at on twitter because that tends to be all of the craft businesses and there's craft hours as well and just look up and support an indie get some really good christmas cards in and avoid that commercialism if you feel that's a new tradition that you want to create because that certainly will make an impact to an awful lot of people um, in um, outside of our community and within it as well if you can find those businesses um, and that's our new tradition um, mm. which replaces the tradition we normally have of walking on the beach with a dog which we won't do until the new year because we're going away in new year rather than um, for Christmas we're testing it out we're trying something different this year and just seeing how it goes um, and perhaps our new tradition is staying at home whereas previously I've I've gone away so being here actually be quite nice. Be nicer if I managed to decorate my hall then because I need to I need to do some decorating and I'm just not looking forward to doing it. Don't want to do it. I keep putting it off, but that's my goal. Just so I've done it, I've got a deadline and I can get it finished. But I think the other thing that you also spoke about as well, both you, um, Sarah and you, Steph, about setting boundaries. And one thing I think that we could do as well is social media breaks perhaps as well I and mean, we talk about not wanting to go online and go on zoom and stuff and if we're feeling like there's a, a challenge perhaps with meeting online perhaps we've got some people in our in our, our listeners who are being encouraged to go to christmas catch-ups online you know the internet isn't always reliable is all i'm going to say you know that's you know and you can legitimately say you're taking a break you know it's time for you and you you know your immediate family, the family that you have time for you if you are um, enjoying the day or finding some peace in your own space as well. That's okay too. You don't have to go to um, Zoom catch-ups or be on WhatsApp all the time. You you can delete those. You can delete the app if you need to. You know, I'm certainly going to be taking a break over um, the Christmas time as well. So yeah, there's something else to bear in mind. As you say, you're taking control and that's what it can be about. Yeah. It can be the small things. What, removing one app can make such a difference. It can, yeah. And I think this, if you go into different groups as well, you can find advice on that. I know that you know the groups that, that you look after, Steph, and, and many others out there have advice. You, know, you can just drop in and go, look, actually, I'm in a sticky situation. I just need some words. There'll be someone there who's got some wise words for you. Or you can just simply say, look, actually, no, not today. 
and if you feel like you know you that's not you're in a space where you don't want to say those sorts of things and yeah you know you can you can pull your modem out of the wall switch it off you know why not you know just you know that's okay too you know the wonder the great thing about our world now is that actually tech can go wrong you know i lost broadband this week for for most of one day so that happens as well it it could happen over the festive season you know hmm. <laughs> encouraging bad behavior but still never mind um you know if that's how you want to take control then that's okay too well the thing is about christmas is you see a lot of the christmas cards have peace and joy on them mm. and it's found about finding out what gives you inner poise poise inner peace and what gives you joy yeah it's not about everything else it's about you know you if there's not a time to be selfish at christmas i don't know when there is do you know what i mean find what makes your heart get a little bit of happiness in there yeah that's it yeah i have friends of mine who volunteer so um there's a couple of people that were on the walk in our shoes site who, who volunteer they they spend their day with other people volunteering i um, mean um mm. homelessness um shelters places like that serving food doing things i have an, another friend that i've met who is childless and she is a vet and she's volunteering for street vet this year in um, our city here and she's thoroughly looking forward to it because you can go out and she can do some good. So there are other ways that we can um, we can support other people who may need us, who may not be in our community, but um, also have a need to. So I think that's an important thing that we, you know, alternative things. Like you say, it's not all about the traditions that you had before, but perhaps about creating new ones or just dropping them completely and just having, you know, a day of you know but not not even celebrating if you don't need to as well um, and there's too much pressure as you say on 24 hours the, the 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 pressure to go to the shops and to get the right food in and things like that which is why i don't bother you know it'll be what turns up in the veg box same as really you know <laughs> put a bit of holly on top you know or something like that but you know generally speaking it's just nice just not to have that pressure you know as i think back to my family and how they used to just go to great lengths they were wonderful dinners amazing but god the effort involved in feeding what 30 40 people it used to be um dogs and senile great-grandparents it was just chaos really and i think probably the adults probably really probably hated it i think they probably didn't enjoy it as much as we thought because the pressure to just sit there and and and, and get through all of that and the washing up um, <laughs> probably wasn't that much fun we used to love it you know but then you are you're in that that zone and that age when it was more fun so there you are that's a good point that we remember christmas as a child we don't necessarily remember christmas as an adult yeah. and again our emotions and feelings are not directed to the reality mm. of when you get older what changes mm. there's a bit in my christmases that i've missed which is uh, the, the part i remember being as a child but the bit before the bit before ivf and the bit before fertility treatment that gap in between from when i grew up and to 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 now i i've kind of almost forgotten what those christmases are because i almost didn't really do anything or i was so buried under the weight of grief that i don't remember i could not tell you what i did and that was even before we started going through treatment it's just like a bit of a blank space they were something and they didn't mean so much and i think probably in the recovery period i felt like i had to fight to create something new and that was really 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 important that i did that and and that i could post something that honestly truthfully speaking that i could post something on instagram of a dog walk on a beach perhaps because actually 
I was not trying to best somebody else, but to prove that I did have a Christmas day. I think there's an element of that maybe in me. And this year I'm kind of like, oh, bollocks to that. Nah, you know, I've virtually gone completely off Instagram at the moment because it's got too, um, too much really with these reels and things. It's almost got too, too ridiculous. So maybe there's an element of that that's an interesting sort of bit of self-reflection there that i suddenly come out with but i think that's probably true i was trying to make it a better christmas and perhaps it was i'm trying to hide from that grief and this year i'm i'm not doing that anymore it's you know if it's a bit rubbish it's a bit rubbish but actually to be honest i'll probably surprise myself i think and just get through the day as i normally do you know it's been a much better year for me because of the podcast because of seeing other people grow and having other voices out there it's been absolutely amazing to, to see our community become so strong and to be so collaborative as well the, the things that we're all doing together um all of our guests on here and all of the stuff that's been going on with just growth and friendship is it's just thrilling to see and so absolutely rewarding as well it's been fabulous sarah you were going to say something there I was just reflecting on what you were saying because it's interesting when you were talking about almost like compensating and needing to almost put it out there as that you were having a real or proving that you were actually able to still have a really good Christmas, you know, in, in a public kind of way. Um, and it's really interesting that shift, isn't it, where you you kind of almost move more to a place of peace like I, and I can relate to that like I, I certainly had times where I felt this pressure to be the you know the, almost like a super auntie a little bit or something where I was almost compensating for you know I know for me what was really important as part of my experience as a child was that Christmas felt quite magical and part of my dream of motherhood was um, the Christmases that I you know I knew it would be hard work but the Christmases that I wanted to create for my own children um, yeah, and um, I just think that, that during the years when you're really raw is to be really in touch with where you're at and it's actually okay to make choices around how much you want to participate. And it's, you know, Christmas is, it's religious, but it's also very family-focused. It's a very kids, family-focused event. And, you know, if, if you're grieving and raw, then it's, it's actually okay to say, hey, for this year, this is what I actually need to do and to set boundaries with family. And, you know, it could be different next year um, to be able to try and perhaps, you know, as much as you can explain that to family to say, this is what I actually need for this year because, you know, this is where I'm at. Knowing that in future years, I may be in a different space and may be able to participate more and to specifically say, and, and this is what I need from you um, in terms of being able to, to understand that um, um, and being able to set boundaries and, and be really specific about, you know, what's reasonable in terms of demands on you this year. Um, because I'm really conscious that there's going to be a lot of women or a lot of couples for whom, you know, the lockdown and COVID has really impacted on their journey through fertility treatments. And, and it's, it's, you know, people possibly coming to the end of their journey and, and it's, it, it will have been really tough. And so, you know, our hearts really go out to you and, and really support you to, to reach out and, and, you know, set boundaries around what you need. Absolutely. That's a really, really good point. I think that how we set boundaries, but I think thinking of people who are joining us in this journey as well, it's been a really tough year. Lockdown has 
closed so much support and also changed the way people are going into getting that coping but also if they're going through treatment again that changes that too it's, it's not been the same as it would normally be um, and getting that comfort and solace we, when we heard from a previous episode with Jodie and Julian Joss about um, being single in a pandemic and that need to, to just be in touch with people as well is also incredibly important at this time um, I think that is really and if you have those, those extra added you know, the whole family thing going on around you too then that can be really hard I know last year was a struggle because I had my brother's wedding um so it was big kind of family do lots of children there who some of whom I hadn't met before most of whom I hadn't met before um because it's been tricky with my family and um yeah I'd exhausted myself by the end of that and then I found out just before or just before Christmas that one of my um my uncles um pitied me and this word pity was just, it was it's just it stayed with me it's still on my mind most of the time I think how dare you so it changed sort of how I was and I think maybe that's altered perhaps how I see this time of the year but also kind of underlined to me quite clearly that actually there isn't an issue over over how um, of perception and of boundaries as well so I think that's also really important too Sarah Lawrence as opposed to Sarah Roberts Oh no no sorry I was ch I was um I was chuckling because we've been talking on chat because there's always oh, that difficulty of having more than one Sarah in the bloody room isn't there there's so many others <laughs> and you sort of go Sarah and it's like one of us go <gasps> and then the other one <laughs> I can see you both wanted it but I thought it was Sarah you no. said, I, I don't know either one of you you were going to say something earlier on weren't you no, I mean it doesn't matter I'm on it all the time Sarah so you know it's better to have a different voice than mine mm. effing and Jeffing so it's fine but I, I guess so many Sarahs. <laughs> I know. But I, I guess for me, I, I think my journey has been being more responsibly selfish, which is kind of what I think everyone's kind of been saying, isn't it? What Steph was sort of saying, making your own traditions, you know, telling people where they need to get off, when they need to get off. Uh, I know last year my mum wanted to have this big family do, and it takes a lot of guts to sort of turn around and say no. But I said, actually, no, I don't. I dislike Christmas intensely. I still do. I think it's quite. I just find the whole thing completely over the top and family orientated, family centric. And it's just, you know, if you, if you want more triggers in a room, then just go in a Christmas, you know, go and watch Christmas on telly. It's just that the films, the adverts, everything's family. And it doesn't acknowledge that actually, if you're a couple, you're a family. If you're on your own with an animal, you're a family unit. It doesn't matter, but you don't get acknowledged. But I think for me, the responsibly selfish thing, if I was going to impart any advice would be, doesn't matter how you say no just say no you know that it's for me turning around and saying no to my mum was one of the biggest steps I took and just said there's no way that's going to happen and it, I know it upset her but actually it would have upset me more putting myself through it it would have been not just you know the day it would have been weeks maybe a month or so afterwards that I still felt like shit afterwards I've done it before I've done it with extended family and I've hated it and I still reflect back on those low moments where I've had to sit in a room of people going, oh, doesn't so-and-so look like so-and-so? And you're like, you've got nothing else to say to me but comparisons with children and doesn't so-and-so look like so-and-so? And I think that is just, if I can give you one message, is just be responsibly selfish and make it your own. Do what you want to do. If it's macaroni cheese, it's macaroni cheese. If it's getting blind drunk, it's getting blind drunk. 
just do what you need to do, isn't it? Really, I think. Sorry, that's me sort of synopsizing. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, that's what I would suggest. I think that's our 2021 thing. You know, we're doing You're Not Alone. I think we now have to be responsibly selfish because it just is, I just love that. That is absolutely it, responsibly selfish. Because you, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Well done, Sarah. I love that. <laughs> I stole it, if I'm honest. <laughs> no, 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 no. You claimed it now. You might have stolen it, but we've claimed it. Yeah, oh, okay. we're having well, that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I think we should just call this episode. I think I'm able to rename it Responsibly Selfish. <laughs> we can't because we've only put it out there, but still, nevertheless, maybe maybe that's a, maybe that's an episode for next year on boundaries and being responsibly selfish because I think it's something we can all benefit from and definitely we could all do it with a reminder of as well. So, are we coming to a natural conclusion? I think maybe we are. I think so. So yeah. it'd probably be good to hear. Does Does anyone, uh, any of our guests, have anything they'd like to, you know, tell the community? Have you got something going on? Is there anyone you'd like to thank, particularly call out? You know, the 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 floor is yours. Go for it, guys. I'm going to go silent. Bye. Who's first? Come on. I'll Bob. jump in. Go on then. I'll jump in. No, I'm just going to say thank you to everyone. Not one particular individual, but to everyone in the community because we've all got a voice and we use it sometimes silently, but we're using it and that is amazing. So all I'll say is, yeah, let's hope this time next year you're in a better place than you were today and you can reflect backwards and see how you've moved on. That's lovely, Thanks, Steph. Thank you. That's beautiful. That's really lovely. And um, if you're really struggling this Christmas, um, we would like to offer... Um, we're offering complimentary 20 minute Zoom sessions um, for women who really are struggling. Um, and you can just visit our website and um, we'll book something in before Christmas or afterwards. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really, can be a really tough time. Um, yeah, and you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, but so that we're around. Yeah. What's your website, Sarah? Can you just let people know what that is? It's uh, www. No, it's triple W's. www.theemptycradle.com. Lovely. Thank you so much. That's going to be such really a valuable service. I, no, don't worry. I never remember hours. I forget that we have a the on the full stop. I'm just like the full stop podcast.com. Then there's two L's in it, which always confounds me anyway. So yeah, I know. It's going to be such a valuable service for people, Sarah. Thank you so much uh, for all so of bad. your support. Thank oh, you. you're welcome. It's a pleasure. I, I have to say, I've never met. Uh, there's not a woman I've worked with who I haven't just deeply admired and just found really fascinating. So, so there's a lot of us out there who have amazing stories to tell. So yeah, I guess my one tip for everyone this year is to just be deeply kind and gentle and compassionate with yourself. Um, it's a tough road to walk and, you know, we're the one person that will be there with us, with us 24 seven and to, to, to really look after ourselves that's really important and to be just really gentle and kind in that and really compassionate we don't have to be harsh we can just be really gentle and flow with it yeah andy yeah i sort of second step in the sense of just saying thanks to everyone because i'm still catching up on world china food but i was blown away by the sheer amount of stuff that was there and the different names and voices and that was just brilliant 
And it's a bit like the clan. It started off with five of us, and we're approaching 50 now. And that's really quite something. And it can be quiet, but that's okay, because it's, it's about beginning. And that's the thing, I think, echoing what other people said today is, do what you need to do, not just at sort of Christmas time, but whenever. Because that was the thing I didn't give myself permission to, and that cost me in the long term, in terms of energy, but also in terms of missing out maybe on living sooner again. So in that sense, yeah, do what you need to do, but we're here for you as well. So like as a community, I know I wouldn't be in this place without you guys. So there's thank you to the community, but also in terms of offerings, I feel like there is something around the clan for men to offer around Christmas. Be it isn't a pop in on the day as a chat, need to think about this, or whenever, and maybe just get that message out that we there, there is someone to talk to. And I think with the clan, you notice that someone posts something, people do reply. And so, yeah, just just be in touch and just be you. I think that's the most important thing. And that's what the communities teach me around childhood. Is individually, I think I, or and I think I can say this for a lot of people, you, you feel like you failed, you've got it wrong, you've missed out. But all the people I've met, you're amazing. It's just great. And I know without Michael and Robin that they've both sort of involved me and that's pushed me on and that's been really good. And I think that's what I'd like to build on really to sort of involve others and help our community because our voice does need to be heard and hopefully be one day where for any minority there's no battle it's just we're all the same that'd be that'd be beautiful so, yeah. thanks andy sarah sarah lawrence you had your hand up oh no sorry i have my fingers crossed oh <laughs> i thought you wanted the floor just ask Andy, did you just have a cat's butt walk across the screen? Not just then, but she has been walking around. So she just seemed to walk across and we saw a tail. <laughs> yeah, there's been tails. So <laughs> one thing of lockdown is we're both been from It's very home. cute. So our cats have loved it. Um especially because my wife who's she's in a school and so she wasn't in very much cat cuddles on tap. Since she's gone to teaching online one of our cats, Charlie, who's also known as Chief because he's just the boss. She's just disturbed nearly every meeting I've had. If I've got a Zoom call on or a team thing, even interviews with people, she's just come along. Because she's like, it's about mid-morning, I want my second breakfast and I want cuddles. <laughs> so, yeah, the sort of, the cats have loved lockdown. I wouldn't be surprised if cats are behind COVID. I was thinking that about dogs as well. It's probably some sort of takeover. If there's any kind of... Uh, yeah, it's like a thing by my cats and dogs. Yeah. I'll be alone again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My, my neighbour came past the other day and we were walking just down to the post box in our, in our street and my neighbour caught us up and was just like, oh, you know, is the dog enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just thoroughly enjoying lockdown. Um, yeah, and has done since, since March because I've barely left the house. <laughs> They are. That's the conspiracy theory. We've uncovered it right here. Yes. It's a, there's, no, I was going to say, uh, no, we're getting political because I was going to say about the dogs and the cats of, um, of Downing Street, but let's, let's not go there. 
Yeah. Can we just vote for Larry next time? <laughs> yeah. I think you I think you do a sterling job. Even even as a dog I am I, I am a former cat owner. Um um the, the late and feral and quite grumpy and very bitey Clory Shadow um was our cat before we had the dog who is complete opposite and just literally is just so affectionate and lovely. But yeah, Shadow Shadow, yeah. So I, I will vote cat. I can vote cat, that's fine. Yeah, I'm allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> Let you, don't let Molly hear you say that. She's snoring downstairs. Judas. Dead, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there would be actually. If I voted Squirrel, I'd definitely, definitely get told off for that one. Yeah, Squirrels are, so yeah. I don't know, Squirrels or Cats, probably both, yeah. <laughs> right. right, I think we can let you go, guys, now, if that's okay. Yeah, thank you, everyone. It was lo lovely to be with you, get with your. Yeah, thanks. Really yeah, it really, really was. That was really okay. nice. It wasn't what I expected. I thought I'd have like a two minute. <laughs> Here's my Christmas <laughs> message. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. Thank you. Good. I'm thanks so for glad such that a good chat. It. Yeah. And thank you for everything that you you shared because it really. I've learned so much actually just in our, in our podcast. I always learn from our podcast and our guests. Every time we do them, we, we have a learning experience ourselves as yeah. presenters and certainly that's due today from all three of you just thank you so very much it's been so lovely to, to uh, yeah chat to you sarah <laughs> anyway have a lovely yeah, rest of lovely your days you evenings and Thanks, we will everyone. catch up with you next year um yeah, yeah. keep in touch thank you take care yeah. thank you. nice to meet you nice to meet you andy See you, Steph. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet yeah. both of you, all three of you. Yay! And you too, Sarah. Yeah. You too, Have a lovely Sarah. time. Christmas. Finally. See ya. Bye. 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 See you. Bye. Bye. So we just wanted to say a huge, massive thank you to everyone that's appeared on the show this year. Um, we're going to read them out now. So a uh, big thank you to BB Lynch, Susan Muir, Ali Anderson, Sevilla Morgan, Andy Harrod, Ken Fenton, Kevin Roberts, and Dr. Robin Hadley. Not to not to forget my mucker, Rod Silvers, <laughs> and the gracious Jody Day, um, Julian Joss from Gateway Women, Rosalind Bubb, Yvonne John, Hanifa Mohammed, and Dr. Christy Cooper. Thank you so much. Somehow I have to preface all of my guests that I'm going to read out with something equally witty and I can't think of anything. So massive and huge thank yous to Bindi Shah, Kirsty Woodard, Victoria Firth, Meryl Whale, Helen Teagle, Stephanie Phillips and Sarah Roberts. And most of all, a huge and massive, ginormous thank you to everyone that's listened to the podcast during 2020 for all your kindness, your love, your messages of support, your reviews and simply being there because it means the absolute world to all of us. Thank you so very, very, very much. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And we're back in 2021. We're not going. That wasn't like the final shout. We're not all just going to go. <laughs> we're here in 2021. And we would love to hear from you if you've got any ideas for episodes, if you want to be a guest, if you're doing something completely new and it is um, amazing um, that you are, then please get in touch because we welcome everybody on the podcast. Um, we love to hear from you and so do all of our listeners too so do please get in touch you can find us on social media and you can find all of the details of how to contact us and our email address on our website www.thefullstoppod.com <laughs>
just, just get in touch. Say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. I was going to say, I don't like champagne, but if there's nothing else around, I will drink it. <laughs> oh, you see, you're better than me. You just got a kudos point in Sarah's book, but not for me. I'm, I'm disappointed yeah. in you. She I went drink it. I, I said to Sarah, this is when we had some, oh, was it some champagne that I found in, in the shed? And I can't remember why we decided that we would have champagne, my husband and I, but we did. And I, um, I, I mentioned this to, to Sarah and to Michael and then I probably said, it's like something I'd, I'd clean my toilet with and I've never yet been forgiven. And it was like a proper nice bottle, apparently, like no, Moe no. or something really important. Like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, wherever it was. Anyway, Andy, the important thing is that on Twitter, I have told you what that brownie pints is. So that is oh, the cool. important moment oh. of the podcast today is that Andy, and it's, <laughs> and it's veggie, so it's fine for, for veggies like you and I. So you can have that. It's on Twitter, is it? Because I was like, Twitter. I've made a note of it. I was, yeah. was going to say, I probably ended up tweeting you, asking you about what it was. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on it. Don't worry. I'm there. It's, it's just important, you know, share the beer love. Yeah, Brew York. And it's a fantastic yeah. brewery. I've been around the brewery. It's amazing.